to be a part of your professional nursing organization and be aware of things that go on in your profession, your practice, like your licensure, nursing programs. So I was very proud to be in the position. And, and during that time, I was encouraging a lot of, you know, diversity with age, gender, specialties, because we need more bedside people in our professional organizations. And right now, I think it's a lot more just people who are away from the bedside or who have too far gone from recent nursing school. Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show, where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of the show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we are talking off the clock with Nurse Alice, queen of media. Queen. Yes. And not just social media, mass media. Yes. Like the big dogs. The big dogs. So we're going to have a fun episode for you guys today. Before we get into that, what is your tip of the week, Samantha? Kill them with kindness. Oh, here we go. This, this is, is coming, odd coming from This is from coming you. from the Capricorn <laughs> petty queen herself, but kill him with kindness. I've been getting into some um, arguments lately. Mm. It's no surprise to anyone with me with my spicy opinions. It's hard for me to hold back. And I've been specifically fighting about stupid stuff with politics and COVID because that has consumed all of 2020 and 2021 with me is arguing with people about this and I'm so over it. It's draining. It's draining. And today I, I did reach a boiling point with someone in my family and all the things I wanted to say were like mean. Mm-hmm. They were funny. The low blows. They were low blows and they were mean and I just wanted to go for the throat. Mm-hmm. Like Gnarly. the jugular. Just yeah. Like just take your carotid and slice it and watch <laughs> you bleed out. Like take I, those canine teeth and just yes, sink them. But <laughs> And it's easy to do, especially like I feel like I'm pretty sharp witty you're very quick you are you're quick with your words and so I know I can do a good job you can cut deep but it's I lose you lose by doing that Mm, so if you want to actually win an argument sometimes you have to kill him with kindness Mm -hmm. because you can win the argument all you want with your valid points but if your delivery is going for the throat yeah you end up losing even though what you're saying is accurate so sometimes you have to just all right, I'm going to take the high road in this argument. And then it actually benefits you because then they just look stupid. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did today. Tori saw me. I was in a text (laughs) war. And I just had to like tap out and just say that. I don't know. I'm not going to read it. Whatever. I had to just tap out and say, I'm not going to keep arguing about this with you. Here's my reasons why. And at the end of the day, I hope you kind of feel stupid about the fact that we're even arguing about this because you look dumb. Yeah. Not me. Not you. No, 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 no. Mine's kind of an extension of that because I think Sam and I have had like a really crazy last month or two and we're just, we're both feeling at our wits end with people around us um so mine kind of is an extension to in your relationships um we're actually going to talk about this a little bit more even too on friday on our bonus episode but mine would just be um to take the high road in your relationship as well which is really hard to do when as sam is saying you want to take the low you want to hit the low blows like don't do it be the better person. It's gratifying, and it's that's why it's hard. And it's very, very hard to do. Um, we're gonna go into detail more on Friday about this one. But for my relationship this last week, we had you know some issues. Something that we did do that actually Jacob did for our relationship this week was book a massage, and it was like one of the best things 
that we did for our relationship and part of it was just because I think we let things go too long and we're just exhausted and tired and he made some comments we're gonna go into it on Friday but um that just really hit you went and got the oil changed you did the maintenance on the car we always use that analogy we did but but we weren't doing that yeah and we finally like we your check engine light was on uh, yes the check engine light was so on it was like something where I was like um we are beyond like we need to reconnect we hadn't been having sex regularly we had been just kind of getting stale a little pissy with each other and he made some comments that were just not nice and it really pissed me off so be the bigger person Get your oil changed. Get your oil changed. Take your minute. It's okay to be a little angry. It's okay. But you got to move on. We're moving on. Life's too short. Life is too short. Life is really too short. That's the thing is like you got to remember like big picture here people like some of the stupid shit we argue about too. Like the fact that I'm even arguing about COVID with anyone is like why? Right. You're not going to change my mind. And vice versa. I feel very strong in my science based, evidence based, medically Back yeah. information That's fine. that you are not going to change my mind. If you feel that you've done your own research, whether or not I agree with the quality of your research, mm-hmm. if you feel you've done your own research and have different opinions than me, fine. I'm not going to change your mind. Yeah. So you're not, why are you trying to change mine? Like, I don't initiate these arguments with me. I do not start COVID arguments with anyone. But this is a moment for so, us to, like, okay. <laughs> stop arguing with me. Big big picture we're taking a step back we're protecting our energy and we're saying like it's not worth it it's not and that's the whole thing is i don't get why some people continue to just want to argue about covid want to argue about politics and things like that it's not you're not going to change anyone else's opinion no one ever has gone into an argument and walked away and been like wow i learned i you know they made good points and i'm going to change my mind if anything it makes people dig their heels more into their own opinion. I disagree. I disagree. Because I do think actually, and I appreciate, I appreciate hearing other people's opinions. Like when you intentionally go into a conversation knowing like, I'm not going to agree with this person. to change someone's mind. Right. So it's like changing your idea of like, okay, I'm having, when people go in, she was going in for the kill. She was going in to try and convince you, right? Yeah. Self-awareness would say, I'm going to have a conversation with her, but I'm not going to change her mind. And also she was petty. And I think there's just like I I like conversations where I don't agree with you, but I'm not. Well, we don't it's agree. Going to change exactly on a lot of things. Totally, but it's a it's but we that self awareness, right? And like we respect each other, and like I'm not going to agree with you on everything, but I love you, and and I also know you don't go for the hot buttons, and some people really like to touch the hot buttons and push them, and they know they're doing it. And what's the point? I just feel like you're like living in that world. You're not enjoying being present with people within the moment and enjoying life yeah because you're spending it trying to argue about things that at the end of the day don't matter right and I think whether you believe that and I believe this doesn't matter it changes nothing in your life or my life Mm -hmm. yet here we are fighting about it why not worth the energy not worth the energy let it go boop boop (laughs) (laughs) okay so this week's unpopular opinion you guys is actually we're doing a little addendum to one of our unpopular opinions. You are. I, I still stand by. Okay. I am doing a slight addendum to one of my opinions about about this. Okay. Ready for it? I actually think that events and weddings are so much fun again. 
No. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay. I just went to one and I didn't want to on Saturday. Okay. That's, this is maybe the thing for certain people, right? Yeah. Because one of my girlfriends just got engaged who she's one of my nearest and dearest. She's like one of my best friends and they're going to be getting married in Cabo, which I'm so excited for. Like I could not be more excited for this wedding. It's just like the people that are going, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be like just the most crazy, ridiculous thing in Mexico. I cannot wait. Now, do you think you just missed all this, though, because we've been in a pandemic and we have not been out of our cage in like a year and a half? Probably. And I feel really bad for all of these upcoming brides right now, specifically, because no one's going to say no to your weddings. Oh, yeah. You're not getting the like, you're not getting everyone's ready, Mm -mm. ready. Who let the dogs out? (laughs) It's like everyone's going to say yes. It's funny, too, because my girlfriend was like, I feel bad we're doing our wedding in Mexico because it's going to be far. It's a little more pricey. And I was like, people want to go. They're going to honey. Well, first of all, I don't think anyone's going to say no. So you think that everyone's going to say no. I'm like, I'm pretty sure all of our friends that the people who you're going to invite, everybody's going to want to go, want to go. So if I ever get married, it'll be a destination for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait for that wedding. Hardy. I'm shipping for that. (laughs) It's never going to happen, though. So (laughs) hold your breath. Honey, Rambo and Moses can't wait for Sugar Daddy, okay? Um, So I just think that I'm really here for events and weddings now. Okay, baby showers and gender reveals. For certain people, I like I weddings, absolutely though. love them. Okay, so I will say I have fun at actual weddings. Yes. Even the wedding I didn't want to go to Saturday, I ended up having fun. Okay. I still fucking hate gender reveals, and I think they're stupid. Yeah, gender reveals are very unnecessary. Like, you can even do a fun thing to do it, but you don't have to have a whole party where I have to come and no. watch you do it. Just post your little, you cut the fucking cake or I pop the balloon don't, on the internet. I don't know internet. how I feel about that either. Yeah, like, why? Care. Like, why is it? First of all, because you and I know this, like, gender to me is the least interesting thing about your pregnancy, yes. to be honest. Yeah. It's the least interesting thing. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. Is uh, Ten fingers, ten toes, healthy, alive, great, cool. There you go. And I know it's exciting because I know some people that have had like three boys and they really want a girl or whatever and they're like excited. And I'm excited for you. I'm excited that you're excited, but don't make me go out of my way to participate in it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't disagree with that. But events in general. And don't light like the whole state on fire for it either. Yeah, that's, let's not do that. (laughs) I just think like in general events are fun again. I am here for it. There's certain events that maybe I still don't want to participate in, but I love, I'm here for just, let's have fun and let loose. It is nice to see humans again. Yeah. We're moving on. Events. Fun things. Yay. But yeah. We're, we're shipping events again. We're shipping events. We're here for this. Except for your gender reveal. <laughs> and your sprinkle. You get one baby shower, whether you like it or not. Don't I said what get I said. greedy, people. Stop being greedy. Although I'm here for it if it's for me, because I'm like, yeah, give me the free shit. <laughs> Honestly, Okay. Never mind. I'm saving this unpopular opinion okay. for another day. Ooh, okay. But now I want to know. Are you really going to keep us on the hook for this? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll give you a teaser. Okay. Single people don't ever get to be celebrated. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about it. We got to do we? this. Yeah, we got it. We'll we'll talk about it. We get, That I agree with you. Like, someone buy me a fucking present, National okay? Se- <laughs> Tori does. Tori gives me a present for everything, but she's like literally my wife yeah but people like don't think about their single people yeah yeah i, I agree. spend so much money on yeah, everyone baby else's showers, everything weddings. and no one gets me a goddamn thing ever yeah for anything yeah just saying it's rude we'll we'll, uh, we'll, expand. we'll, we'll expand we'll expand tbd, TBD. no not tbd <laughs> to be continued 
All Here right. Here we go. Okay. This guest of the week, you guys, get ready. This is a good one. Okay. So we have on Nurse Alice. She is a mom, a nurse, an educator. She's an author, a board certified clinical nurse specialist, and family nurse practitioner with over 21 years of with over 23 years of nursing experience, she specializes in my favorite cardiac mm-hmm. and critical care. Yeah, we get into that today. It's oh, really she's smart. Yes. She knows her very, stuff. Very, very smart. Yes. She's actually worked as an expert clinical practitioner responsible for providing direct patient care, leadership, consultation, education, and patient care management for complex cardiac patients, including like myocardial infarctions, interventional cardiac catheterizations, advanced congestive heart failure, CVICU patients, ICD pacemakers, post-heart transplants. She knows it she all. does it all, you guys. And not only that, she runs her podcast called Ask Nurse Alice. She is also a medical contributor for the NBCLA and holds such a really unique space in both social and mass media. We were just so fascinated to ask her all of these questions about how she got to where she is. She, You, you may have seen her She's on TV. She's been everywhere. She's been everywhere. She's been on Dr. Oz show. She's been on NBC. She's been on Dr. Drew. Fox, CNN, KTLA 5. She's just been all over and we're just fascinated by this. We are so excited to get her behind the mic today, you guys. This is such a fun episode. So buckle up, get ready, and let's welcome Nurse Alice to the show. Okay, so I was I was telling Sam I was like, "Okay, I'm really excited about this episode because we have not had someone on that has had so much experience in mass media Mm -hmm. as you have Mm -hmm. oh and we're really excited about today we're just like we have so many questions in our head we're just like oh my gosh we don't even know where to start all right let's go all right yes queen okay so for people who don't know you let's hear a little bit about your journey your background like where you grew up all those fun things okay so um Fun fact, people may not know, I was actually born in the Philippines. I'm a military brat. Yeah. So my dad met my mom in the Philippines. So I'm half Filipino and half black. And I actually didn't come to the United States till I was probably like eight or nine. So English wasn't my first language. So I'm kind of was raised in San Diego, uh, lived there all my life, did most of my schooling uh, and everything. And I didn't venture far from home because uh, I moved to LA. I was recruited by one of the nation's top hospitals and that'll be an interesting story we'll get into that and um so i've been in here i've been in la since 2012 but another thing that brought me to la was kind of this unique um media stuff that i was doing like this what i like to consider is just patient education but i was just doing it in a different platform it was new it was different i didn't even realize i was doing it as i was doing it um and all that landed me here in los angeles but i've loved every bit of what i've done from and because when it comes to my my actual nursing clinical kind of stuff, I've always worked critical care, ICU, kind of cardiology is like my my jam, um, emergency medicine. And then I was the nurse that liked to float. I had friends all over the hospital. So everyone in the hospital knew who I was. Everyone from housekeeping to admin to medical records, because I just floated everywhere. Yeah. So uh, It's the best. Yes. So um, I don't know if I really answered your question, but I kind of gave a roundabout. Of no, we love it. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so as far as nursing goes, mm-hmm. let's dive into the nursing, the, a little bit of your nursing background okay. and your specialty, and let's hear a little bit about okay, that. Okay, so I took a very unique route when it came to um, 
nursing. I actually didn't want to be a nurse at first. I wanted to be an accountant. I wanted to count coins. I wanted the money. Um, <laughs> but I had such a hard time in class. I could never get like the the mounts at the bottom of the ledger to match. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, and then concurrently, like I'm the eldest. So um, I was my dad, who was retired in the military, had um, high blood pressure and had 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 a heart attack and a stroke. So by the just being the eldest, I started to help take care of him and kind of growing up. And so he always told me, he's like, Alice, you're going to be a great nurse. And I'm like, I'm not going to be a nurse. I'm going to be an accountant. But somehow I found um, myself naturally evolving and becoming a nurse by just helping to take care of my dad. Um, and my dad, um, he passed away of a massive heart attack. And I just remember like hindsight, you know, when you kind of get care and you're like, oh, something doesn't feel right. It feels like something's missing. They didn't explain this very well. And so we kind of had that experience with him. So I promised myself and I vowed, I'm like, I'm going to be the best cardiac nurse in the world. So, you know, educate everyone, make sure everyone knew their medications, not only the patient, but the family and the sister and the whoever else, like who's at home taking care of you. So um, I decided that when I went into nursing, that I would go directly into uh, cardiac, anything cardiac. So telemetry, step down, um, anything that had anything to do with the heart, I was there. I wanted to do it. Um, I would float to like outpatient areas sometimes too, and try to learn all the different tests and everything. Um, but mostly I spent most of my time in ICU, um, CBICU, and then, um, what else? So I just fell in love with the heart and, uh, worked as a bedside nurse for quite some time. Uh, but in my journey, oh, let me back up. So in my journey, I started off, I worked, I had to work while I went to school. So I became a CNA first. Then I was an LVN, then I was an RN with associate's degree. So I kind of like stair stacked my career so I can kind of work and go to school at the same time. Uh, went back for my, uh, did an RN bridge and got my bachelor's. Uh, then after working as an RN for a while, I went back to become a clinical nurse specialist. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, Patty Graham, I didn't even know what a clinical nurse specialist was, but I saw her and I saw how she would maneuver and command everyone's attention. All the physicians like would bow down to her in the ICU and everything. I'm like, I want to do that. I want that skill set. And so I became a CNS and um, again in uh, critical care. And fast forward, like maybe two years ago, I mean, the pandemic makes it kind of sketchy with time, but um, I went back for my postmasters FNP because one of the differences between the CNS role and the NP role is that CNS is, although we, our advanced practice nurses, we didn't have prescriptive authority. So I went back and got my master's degree. Um, and pivoted a little bit to more primary care to keep people out of the ICU. So I think I've had a very colorful career because woven into that is like trauma, burn ICU. Like I've worked literally every, I've worked in every area except for mother, baby, pediatrics, and NICU. I'm only that <laughs> You can have all the NICU people. We'll take them. We'll gladly yes. take them. So how did you pivot into the whole, like, because you went in with this passion of okay, not only do I want to do nursing, but I really care about the education aspect, which is often overlooked. Mm. When in your like nursing career were you like, okay, I have enough nursing under my belt that I can actually start to tackle my original goal? Right. That's interesting because I don't know. This is the thing. I, I think we all experience imposter syndrome. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm a nurse, but maybe I don't know yeah. enough or I haven't done enough to teach someone. Well, you are a licensed healthcare professional. You can take care of someone. So yes, you can teach someone because guaranteed you're going to know more than the lay person when it comes to how to, you know, a certain disease process or whatever. And not saying that you have to know every intricate detail, but enough to keep them out of the hospital. Like that's mm -hmm. where I wanted to be. 
Um, and so with my experience with having my dad and just, you know, as a woman of color, Asian and, and black, just, you know, the, all the health disparities that were out there, I really wanted to help. Uh, and this is my mantra. I like to talk to people before they become my patients. Because when they're in the ER and the ICU, we're having a whole nother conversation. Whole, we're talking about pressors. We're not talking about your mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. metoprolol. Yeah. Like, okay, different. <laughs> so so I just started, um, because I loved cardiac, I volunteered. I had a, like a calling and a passion to serve. Um, like I really had time. But I found my way wanting to volunteer. And I started volunteering with the American Heart Association. So it was interesting because they, you know, American Heart Association, They, you would think they know everything about heart health and this and that. But there was actually a gap. They had all this science and information and stuff, but they didn't have the people to really help deliver the information to the communities to get to the like people. And so I often would like do health fairs or kind of educate. And, and that's, I mean, I did a lot of like events at schools and people employer, like Toyota. I did a, a, a seminar with Toyota, educating people about how to be heart healthy. And it's the most basic thing. So you're, you're worried about like, medication side effects and half-life and da 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 da. They just want to know what foods to eat, what not to eat, how much to exercise, and what's a normal blood pressure, like basic stuff. So, I mean, if there's anyone out there who's like worried, like, I don't know enough, I can promise you, you know more than enough to educate people. It's all about maintenance, prevention. And that's, I think what we do in the hospital is more like sick care. We call it healthcare, Mm -hmm. but it's like sick care. It is sick care. And so, for sure. And so I really just wanted to get on the other side of that, which is also another reason why I went back to get my postmaster's FMP was because I wanted to educate people. So before they got into the mm-hmm. into the ER and landed in the ICU or needed had that heart attack. Yeah, prevention, prevention care. Mm-hmm. I love. Yes. Okay, so I want to tie, tie tap into a little bit of the cardiac side because I think this is so interesting. You've worked with you know MIs and you know CVICU patients. You've done ICD pacemakers, uh, post heart transplants, congestive heart failure, catheterization. Like you've done so many things. Can you tap into like what's your favorite part about that system, or like what really drew you to that? Like how did you sink your teeth yeah. into it? So I think. Um... Well, again, so I was inspired by my dad, right? So I have like, I'm going to be the best cardiac nurse in the world. Mind you, I have that in the back of my head here talking. And then when I got to a, when I entered nursing, like one of the scariest things for many people is EKG, like watching the monitor. They're like, oh my gosh, if it's not sinus rhythm um, or sinus Brady or maybe AFib, then I don't know what it is. So I was like, so I just jumped into it. And I, fortunately, I was surrounded by people who were like really welcoming and like mentoring because I, I, I peaked an interest. I had an interest and they're like, Hey, come on, sit down next to the monitor next to me. And I realized that unless I jump in, there's no, I can't just learn this from a textbook. I could read, do all the clip notes, watch all the YouTube videos, all the stuff, all I want to, but until I got like threw myself in it. And so that's what I did. Now I was scared shitless because I was like, Oh my gosh, what if somebody dies? And the truth is, well, what if somebody dies? You better know this shit. So <laughs> yeah. just learn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just threw myself in there and I asked a lot of questions and I, I worked at a lot of teaching hospitals, so there were always residents and stuff, and they, you know, they'd like to, to pop their collar. So I would ask a lot of questions, let them teach me as an attending, and I literally was like repetition, like almost in nursing school. You know, when you have, you're like, you study like, okay, this is metoprolol, this is lisinopril, and then you're like, fuck, I forgot what that was. Like repetition, 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 and that's how I just dove into it. And the once I kind of got a basic understanding of it, I'm like, okay not that bad. And you have to have a healthy heart because if you don't have good cardiac output, everything else is going to suffer. So I just 
threw myself in it. I found it in found fun ways to learn. Um, and slowly but surely I just became really geeky and nerdy at it and just want, wanted to know every little detail, like every myocyte, every like everything. And people were like, oh my God. But I just love the heart. So she kind of sounds like you. The heart is my favorite, but <laughs> I like I like peds hearts. Like I like congenital heart oh, defects because I teach, yeah. yeah, I teach peds and I'm like I don't care. Don't ask me about your MI, your stroke. I don't want to know about. Yeah, but Sam like, likes to like, I like congenital she, heart like defects. To, you like to geek out on it. Oh, like she'll, so she's like much. the person that will be like so into it, and you'll you'll get into like the nitty gritty. Like she loves that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, see, we're we're here. See, and, and you've never done peds, but I feel like you would totally geek out on I congenital agree. heart defects. Yeah. They're so cool. <laughs> right. And then and the repairs. I like. I nerd oh, out yeah. on them. I love it. Oh, yeah. And this is the thing. Like, you're, there's always, always going to be a disease process, a mm-hmm. surgery, a something that you don't know. So don't feel like you have to know everything in nursing. I like to say there's things that you should know and things that you should know where to look up. Yes. So um, I was just but, saying that to Tori earlier. I was like, one of the things that we don't teach in nursing school is how to find out what you don't know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's OK not to know. Something, yeah. But you're, you're not going to. to. Look it up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I grew from that you know that personal passion and then all of a sudden next thing i know and because of where i worked when i was recruited to la i worked at a very world-renowned hospital actually the hospital that does the most heart transplants in the world we were doing stuff that in conjunction with the fda so we were seeing devices medication and doing research with the fda so i got exposed to a lot of the latest and greatest so things that like i did uh that people might be seeing today i was like oh we did that like seven years ago because we, <laughs> were, there, done we that. were part of the approval process, <laughs> yeah. right? So cool. So, um, yeah, so I was just fortunate in, in that way. and But I, I really did sink my teeth into it. Did you, I, I maybe want to touch into this a little bit, burnout. Did you hit burnout or like, do you feel like you shifted into CNS and FNP just because like, what was the shift like for you or what was the reason behind it? So it's so easy to get burnt out in anything that you do. If you're doing the same thing, some people are really good at going somewhere and working there for like 20 years. I'm not that person. I'm just not. I like to be challenged. I like to see something new, do something new, work with new people, try different approaches. So when I found myself um, kind of getting burnt out or bored on a particular unit, I would look for different ways to make it exciting again. So like I would maybe get involved with like unit practice council on a project. Um, I would ask to float. I would um, sometimes transfer units like we'd have like sister cardiac units, but I'd go work on the other unit for a while. And then I just kind of tried to make it exciting. And then sometimes, I mean, quite honestly, you know, I'd work at a different hospital because I I think the most important part is some people have to feel like this very loyalty to their hospital. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel, but I was just like, I was like the Rolling Stone nurse. Like I like to go. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, I just went where I wanted to, you know. Tori energy. That's, That's my energy for sure. Yeah. So I would just pivot. And then, you know, after being a nurse for a while, you feel like you now, honestly, I could never learn everything, but I feel like I was reaching like a glass ceiling, a cap at what I could do. Um, my uh, ability to influence or make a change, you know, you, you get frustrated when you're in a position and you can't really improve things the way that you want to. So I decided to go back to school to become a, a clinical nurse specialist. Because I also love education, education, research, mm-hmm. teaching, and stuff like that. So CNSs do a lot of that um, with, and you know, very specialty units. So I, I did that, and I love being a clinical nurse specialist. Love, 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 love. But 
always in cardia, uh, car uh, cardiology, always in critical care. Um, some of my units were trauma, interesting trauma cardiac. And then, um, but after a while then too, even with doing that, it's like doing all these different projects, working these different places. I got frustrated with like when we do rounds and I would know exactly, I'm like, oh, this, these are the test results. These are the labs. Oh, patient needs this, this, and this, but I couldn't order it. Mm -hmm. In California, CNSs don't have prescriptive authority. So I couldn't order a chest x-ray. I couldn't order, you know, um, the metoprolol or add a dose or anything like that. So we always ha would have to wait for the uh, physician, but uh, he or she brought me like, okay, what do they need, Alice? Okay, just put it in. I'll sign it. And I'm just like, well, damn, I wish I could do that. So I went back to school to get become a nurse practitioner so I could have that um, authority uh, but then I also pivoted a little bit to get on to get back to the prevention side because even though my dad inspired me to do all of this and I was in like knee deep in the critical care surgical LVADs like heart transplant type of thing I was like wait a minute I have to remember I want to prevent people from getting heat from here uh, from getting here so I went and did my family nurse practitioner so I can go back and be like okay we're on the outpatient side let's do this this and this so you don't end up needing a heart transplant how has that been since you've started that like how are you enjoying that role. Because it is well, a different switch when you're so like deep in critical care. I it know. is like a, oh, it's a big yeah. change. It's a big change. Yeah, it is. It, you know, it is a big change. Um, I'm so thankful that I have that experience because it allows me to have very candid and direct conversations with patients, not just like in theory, but like I've seen this. I've this been there. <laughs> I've been there. You don't want any of that action. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a slower pace. Um, it's definitely different. And Mind you, when I, when I graduated, I graduated right on the onset of COVID. So all of the focus has been on COVID, 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 COVID. So it hasn't really panned out exactly just how I would want it to be very detailed. Like, I, you know, I want to be a, an FNP in a cardiology office. But because of COVID and the, the greater need for that, I was working as an FN, uh, a nurse practitioner, like with COVID clinics and stuff like that. And although that's needed, it's not really where I want to be. So I'm still kind of and finding my way. But that's the beauty of nursing. Yeah. Oh, we can absolutely. change and pivot at any given time. But well, and you've been helping out where it's needed. Yep. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So this is a really, I think, one of a very profound piece of your resume. So you were the first African-American woman to join the board of directors for the ANA. And you're also, you're on the board of trustees, correct? So... Interestingly, so we're all nurses, but I don't know that we're all members of the American Nurse Association. And I would encourage people to be members, but if you're not, you know, take a look into it because it really is our professional organization. And I think that if we were all members, we'd be able to make more moves because we'd be more unified and have a more profound voice. And we just don't. Unlike the physicians, the physicians, they like, when, when they want something, they kind of get it and they get it done because they're all unified. But with us, we kind of have we all have our specialties, like critical care, nurse association, and mm -hmm. I've been a part of all those things. But um, interestingly enough, I was just a general member with ANA, and then I remember I had a mentor. Her name is Marilyn Shirk. She's a uh, mental health clinical nurse specialist, and she was like, "Alice, you know, there's a bunch of bunch of us old fogies just on these on these nursing committees. Nobody, we can't get the young folks to join. How can we do it? I'm like, because it looks boring. You guys to make it fun for us and stuff like that, and so." She was like, you know, we and I would work with her as a CNS. So she was like, you know what? We need someone like you to, to run for office. And I'm like, run for office? Lady, like, nobody even knows me. No one's going to vote for me. She's like, let's put your name in the hat. I'm legit, no lie. I put my name in the hat. 
and I won. <laughs> I had no idea. That. I was really like, this was like a Hail Mary. But like, I'm going to do it because, you know, it sounds interesting. I would, I want to, you know, if we want change, sometimes we have to be that change. So I did it and I got involved and it was really eye opening to see all of the, um, how the American Nurses Association works on a state level and then to contribute nationally. And I think it was something that also helped me develop my leadership skills, like especially for those of you who want to go along the lines like manager, director, chief nursing officer, and stuff like that. It's really important to be a part of your professional nursing organization and be aware of things that go on outside of your unit, but that go on in your profession, your practice, like your licensure, like nursing programs. Like So I was able to be a part of that. And I'm still a member. Um, I actually ran for national vice president. I didn't win, but that's okay. I threw my name in the hat. Um, but I think Girl. that I was surprised, though, that I was the first African-American. I didn't realize. I was like, wait a minute. We're in 2000. Yeah. What? 14, 13, 14 at that time, I think it was. Um, so I was I was very proud to be in the position. And, and during that time, I was encouraging a lot of, you know, diversity with age, gender, uh, like specialties, because we do, we need a lot of, we need more bedside people in our professional organizations. And right now I think it's a lot more just people who are away from the bedside mm-hmm. or who have yes. too far gone from recent nursing school. Right, right. I think that's a big yeah. piece of it too. We've talked a lot about that, about yeah. the importance of having relevance, you know, and, and having that, you have the pulse of what's really going on, yeah. especially this past year, the past two years, I feel like that's been critical. So, okay, wait. So if someone wants to get involved, like, what do you think, how should we get involved with ANA? Like, what's some good tips? What should we do? So every state has their American Nurse Association state chapter. So you can start with there, become a member, um, or you can just visit um, the American National American Nurses Association and just join. Um, there is, I mean, obviously there's a fee associated to it. I, and don't quote me, but I think it's roughly in the ballpark of like 15 or 20 bucks a month. So some of Something like, I don't want to pay that much. But you actually get access to like a whole bunch of mm-hmm. like CEUs, yeah. webinars, information, and a bunch of other things. And you're part, it's part of your professional nursing organization. So I think we should uh, we should be a part of that. Um, it really And it's a, another way to network also, network with other nurses and other leaders. Um, so if you're not a member, I would really still encourage everyone to be a member. And I think people start in the National Student Nurses Association. That kind of feeds up into the I was. Association. So, <laughs> I was the um, <laughs> vice president of my student oh, nurses association. Girl. But then I haven't really continued go. past that. Like I was part of NAN, National Association oh, NAN, Neonatals, of and I did yeah. a poster presentation at a conference. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done oh, yeah. much in like a long time. I, I kind of want to get back in that, yeah. that groove, that you know, space. Yeah. So you're kind of inspiring me right now. I think you're bringing up a really big topic too because I think right now there's so many things going on in the healthcare space. And I think it, High it, pandemic. <laughs> this is a way to empower nurses, right? Like this is a way yeah. we should get involved. And I th- I love that you yes. are so pro getting involved with this because well, I think- Well, we can't complain on the internet so we're blue in the face. Right. But what are we actually doing about oh, it? Yeah. There you and go. they're that like- part. There we yep. go. Nurse Alice, like step up to the yep. plate. Come Join on. your ANA. Right? Yes. But I I'm exactly. on, I like kind of want to. So it, they, I'm assuming, have a conference, right? Like pre-COVID. They have a few conferences. Yeah. Yes, I'm, like, I'm like so waiting for life to come back in that way because I think now, especially that we've started this podcast and we've networked with so many people. I can't wait for conferences to We're come excited. back and really like start to get We're more involved. We're going to make conferences cool again. <laughs> conferences are fun i would i know i literally would go by like i would go by myself or maybe a couple people from work would go and then like i'd make new friends in new cities and new states Mm -hmm. and i'm like yes and 
So I definitely miss the post conference happy hours are lit. Oh, they're so also. much fun. <laughs> they're so much fun. Yeah. Boop. Oh, yeah. yeah they Boop. Are. <laughs> Chef's have to kiss. catch you at one. Chef's yes. Kiss. Okay. So one of the best parts, I, Sam and I are fascinated by this is you not only have like social media is one thing but you have presence in mass media that's a big deal it's a whole new ball game it's a whole new ball game like you can't just be like you were saying like well I said I was like anyone can start a social media they might gain a following they might not but anyone can do it but you can't just call up CNN and be like hi I um this is what time I'm available like you can't just do that so it's like that's a pretty big honor to be representing this industry in this field on that level how did this all start? Let's start at the beginning. Yes. So uh, I was a volunteer for the American Heart Association, like I said, and um, I just was always very engaging because I never liked being that boring presenter because I knew people were like not listening to you. And I would go to their health fairs. And in order to get people to come get their blood pressure, I had to be like funny, like wheel them, right, reel them in. Like, I see you over there. Come on. You know you want your blood pressure taken. Come on. Like really fun and <laughs> Can't engaging. Can't say no to that. Right. Um, and... I just kind of have this knack for talking with different groups of people. Like I've just always been very personable um, and, and using health literacy, right? Like talking to people, meeting people where they're at, because I don't like using a whole bunch of big words so I can sound smart. I want really people to understand, but the, I guess someone was at a, one of the higher ups from the American association, American heart association was there and he was listening to me and he was like, Hey, Alice, you seem really good with the people. Would you mind coming on KJLH radio to talk about how to be heart healthy during the holidays? I'm like, sure, no problem. And so I did this radio hit on that. And then like the next week they had me do one on stroke. And then all of a sudden American Heart Association, they're, they're like, oh, great. Can you do this? And can you do that? So I kind of became the spokesperson for the American Heart Association. They put me like through a little media training, um, really gave me all the materials of like all of their, their main uh, objectives, their programs. So anywhere I went, I was able to speak specific to their programs. And I had this cardiac background. I was a cardiac clinical nurse specialist at the time. So I was credentialed. I was a nurse and I partnered with American Heart. So it was like perfect for us, for them and for me and for the public to like a trusted, because people trust nurses. So I could get out there and talk about some really good programs to help them be heart healthy. And then at the same time, when I would do this, I would become really, I, I came like ready to work. I wasn't a diva. It was friendly to the producers and stuff. And so they're like, hey, can you come back and talk about something else that was outside of the American Heart Association? So I started developing this network of people. And then fast forward, I, I, I'm legit. I promise I had no idea that it was going to go this way because I started doing radio. And then people are like, can, can I interview you for a blog? Can I quote you? And then started, I started doing blogs and stuff. And then um, I think my one of my one of my friends, it was like they were talking. I think it was like a, a President Obama had just made his State of the Union, and they were talking about Affordable Care Act. My first television appearance was with Megyn Kelly on America. Was it America Live? First time I had never been on television, and I was I was talking about healthcare. That's yes, crazy. and so, and I think just because I was out there, people just assumed that I just did this all the time. So they started asking. People started asking me, finding me online, and they were just like, "Hey, would you be interested in talking about this?" And then I got smart. I'm like, "Hmm." I like this, let how, and then, so I learned that I learned how to work with journalists. So, cause sometimes there would be stories. I'm like, wait a minute, nobody's talking about this and we need to talk about this. So I learned, I actually took some journalism courses to learn how to better understand how journalism think, how they work, how they think, what they need. 
and I took some broadcast classes so I wouldn't get up there and look silly um, because you don't have a lot of time to talk. So how to get my points across real punchy and like, you know, the good stuff. And so I kind of had to, I learned just like when you go to another unit, like where's a crash cart, where's the bathroom, what are the codes, where's the pixels? <laughs> I kind of learned the layout in journalism and media and learned how to craft these pitches. And because I had done stuff, it's interesting. It's like, oh, well, she's done this. Like, well, I, in my head, I'm like, I really haven't done much, but you think I've done much. So let, you know, I would send a pitch and they're like, sure. Okay. Yeah, and then that. it just kind of fell all together. I just, I mean, I've legit, I did not know what I was doing when I was doing it. And it just happened. It just, I literally fell into it. It's so cool. What was your like favorite interview experience or like network or like piece that you've done? Mm. You're one, you're like this. You've is, done a lot. Yeah. You've done CNN. You've done Fox News. You've done the Dr. Oz show. You've done the doctors. You've done so many things. I've, I have, and even last week, I, I got to do Good Morning America last week. Oh, girl. So, oh. I know. Gosh, do I have a favorite? Um, I can't say that I necessarily have a favorite one. Um, I will say of my, I think the the thing I enjoy the most is when I've been able to come back um, because that let me know that I must have did a good, I, really, I did a good job before. So, and the viewers like me, so they want to hear more mm-hmm. and they want to hear from a nurse because when I, because there are times where I would be booked to do something and they're like, oh, nurse house, you know, uh, we're going to call you for another time. We got Dr. So-and-so to do this. And I'm like, they don't even know. Car- they're an OBGYN. Yeah, yeah, what are they yeah, going to talk yeah. about heart health right. for? Mm-hmm. But, um, because, and so, but it got to a point where on cer- certain platforms, like right now I'm the medical correspondent for NBCLA. So I get to go on all the time talking about different health things. And uh, there's some interesting things that are planned with them. But so it just feels good to I think my the favorite my if you ask me what my favorite thing is it's just being able to come back and being appreciated and welcomed by the viewers like they really want to listen to a nurse you don't have to be a physician to educate people you don't so so I'm really curious about this because um so personally I feel like I'm really drawn to this in the sense of like I think it's just something in my personality where I would really love to do something like, like this right but I love that what you talk about is you also took some classes, right? You took some classes on journalism. You really learned the craft. Like, how much of this do you think for you is like natural born gift and attraction to this versus like becoming really good at your craft? And I don't know. Can perfecting you speak to this? Yeah, perfecting it a little bit. All right. Before we get into that, you guys, everyone knows I am going back to the dark side. Night shift life. What are you going to do to prepare for that? Oh, my God. We all know here, you guys, I will be using lots of Beam Dream. You guys know Beam creates the highest quality functional supplements for a better balance, energy, recovery, and of course, sleep. My most favorite product beyond all time is their Beam Dream. I put about two scoops into a little warm water or some almond milk or maybe coconut milk about 30 minutes before bed and I am ready to hit the pillow. So make sure you guys head over to beamtlc.com and use code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E 15 for 15% off of your order. Again, that's beamtlc.com. Use code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E 15 for 15% off your order. It's no secret, Tori 
started her new job. I did. But tell everyone how you prepared for that. You all know that I'm using Resume Rx. We've talked about it here so many times. Something that we don't talk nearly enough about in healthcare is how to stand out in your job search. This is the easiest fill in the blank solution for your resumes and your cover letters, you guys. Stand out, land that career of your dreams. Head over to the link in our bio. Click for Resume Rx to get 20% off of your order. Yes, 20% off when you click the link in our bio for Resume Arc. Such great savings. Selfie approved. We've gotten so much feedback from people that have used it, gotten the interview, gotten the job. Not only that, not just for nurses, you guys. This is for anyone in healthcare. We're talking PAs, NPs, RTs, all of you. Like every single person, you could definitely use these templates. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I think um, I'm going to say it's about 50-50 because you can take uh, the best nurse um and then put them in an area where they're not familiar with the unit, like they don't know where things are, and they can look like they don't know nothing, right? They're like floundering, they're slow, they're, you know, they're delayed with getting this done and that done. And you're thinking like, oh, that's a bad nurse. No, it's a nurse who just didn't know the layout of the unit, who wasn't familiar with like who's who and who to check in or, oh, I, you know, they're, they're, oh, they're late to rounds. Well, she didn't know, he or she didn't know they were around. So I think you can, you know, I had a passion to want to do it. So I was really excited and um, enjoyed doing it. But I did have to marry it with learning uh, how the journalism world works, how media really works. Because, and I know there's social media, but social media, mainstream media, too. Totally oh yeah, oh and, yeah. Um, you need like I feel like you know, mass media or you just the training to be because even you said like you have to be able to get to the point quickly and have punchy mm-hmm. things. And I'm like, that is it's an art. Yeah, it's such an art. Yes, mad and respect. So I, um, <laughs> I'm like, thank you. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, I took, um, I became a member of the uh, Association of Healthcare Journalists. I also became a member of the National Black Nurse, National Black Journalists Association. And I went to their conferences. I went to their conferences. I took their courses. I took some UCLA journalism. I took the journalism journalism program, uh, extension program at UCLA. Um, And then I found mentors in the, in the field. Then now they weren't nurses, but they were people on television who kind of, took me under their wings um, and kind of would help me with questions and things that I had. Um, if I had like, let's say a story, I'm like, oh, you know, this is important. I think we should talk about this. You know, what are my five top bullet points? And I would send it. They're like, okay, you got to, this is television. This isn't the hospital. So like I had to, there's a, a shift of thinking a little bit like, so I just had to learn what that was. And then, so once I learned that it made everything easy. So now those like, I'll get like, let's just say when um, during COVID, like when COVID hit, I knew I quickly became a COVID expert. um, And then I was getting called upon last minute. Nurse Alice, can you come on television? When? Can you come on right now? We're doing coverage right now. And so, but just, but, but just knowing like, okay, this is how TV works. What are the top three things that viewers need to know? Because you only have a couple minutes. Um, And so I think once you get that training under your belt uh, and you know how to kind of manage those priorities and it helped really helps you become a better speaker. Um, then, so I think 50, it was 50, 50 because a couple times I would, when early on, when I would do media, I would have too many details, too many stats, too many, everything. And it was too much for the public. So in three minutes, what are the most important things that people need to know about blah, 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 blah. That's it. So, um, but I definitely, and anyone who's really, really interested in doing that, I would say, you know, I've never went, I never went on TV and winged it. Like, oh, I'm a nurse. I know all this stuff. I'd always like, I'd research the literature, like, 
you gotta prep because there's always like a new study, a new this, a new that. Um, but I did the prep of the courses definitely were priceless. And I, I like to think that that's what's helped me maintain the longevity and, uh, and got called back because I would try to make the producer's job as easy as possible. I'd create an intro. I'd create the questions that I think viewers need to know. And I'm like, here are my answers. So you have a detail and here are some pictures or images or video that I think might go along with it. So I literally learned how to operate as a journalist in a sense, like putting together a complete package. I wasn't just going on as a health expert, but I, package the whole thing like a journalist so i don't call myself a journalist per se because but i just i do consider myself a health expert but fortunately i have these skill sets that make the producer's job easier and if i can make their job easier then they're going to call you back they want the i they love want that. The staff nurse <laughs> yeah who makes it easy right mm-hmm. you don't want the diva staff nurse like oh my gosh she's gonna ask for this and this yeah no, g- give us someone else <laughs> But I mean, I also love that obviously you have the credentials, you have the experience, you have the knowledge base, but you've taken that extra step to figure out how can I actually best disseminate this information to the public because there is a big disconnect there. Healthcare people, we really stay in our lane. Like we stay in healthcare and people like don't get out. And then sometimes when they do, it's always not even necessarily the best representation of us as the nursing field or healthcare. Because sometimes the people they find that are willing to step out of their lane may not are, always be yeah. the best fit. Or so I trained. love what you're doing. Like we, oh, it's like mm-hmm. such a good representation of Absolutely. our field. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. And I would say this: there, I've I've met a couple, lots of people because there are other people who who've been on television who've done broadcasts behind the scene before the, you know produce shows and stuff like that's interesting once you really dig deep and you're like oh well they like this is like really back in the days but there are other nurses who've come before me um who have worked with programs um and like helped create programs and stuff like that but it's just interesting a, the a majority of people i've seen is like well i should do this because i'm a nurse and it's like the sense of entitlement and i don't i never i never led with that. I always led like, this is what the people need to know and made the best man or woman who can tell this to the public win. But, um, it's, you have, it's, it's a big responsibility yeah. to one, educate the public, but then also feel like you're representing nurses. Cause I feel like every time I'm on, I'm like, I gotta do this for my nurses. Like there's no room for messing up because I don't want, they're going to say that nurse, you know, how you know how those headlines go. Like, Oh, remember nurse, the big, the thing the, with the view that like, you don't want nurses coming oh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. yeah yes. They came yeah, swinging. Yeah. We were hot, hot, <laughs> hot, hot, hot over that. Was that the stethoscope The doctor comment? stethoscope comment yeah, had yeah, us yeah. all, yes. woo. Oh, woo, sent us. Well, when you piss <laughs> off 4 million people, we're, we, there's a lot oh. of nurses. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, lo- that's a, lot a lot of nurses. I mean, that's crazy, you know. And OK, so I can't imagine that's going through your head, right, when you're doing this. How do you overcome nerves? Like what? Like, how do you how do you how do you do this? Yes. I'm like, so I used to make myself so sick. Like I literally would like want to lay down and take a nap. But what I realized is I was like, I just I just changed it in my head. I'm like, Alice. You, you would you would say these things to a patient and their family. You're just doing patient education. It's just another patient. Just tell the story like this. And I had to like get out of my head because you want to sound perfect. You want to look smart. You want to do all these things. But the, that I had to think, Alice, as long as you're, you know, as long as you don't piss anybody off and you're telling accurate information, just get the message across. Like it's natural for people to kind of maybe stumble over a word or something like that. But 
you know, but with repetition comes practice. So I just got in my head, I'm like, who's going to educate a patient? What would I say to a patient's family? So I, I try to look at it as like, never mind that there are millions of televisions on watching, but this is just you and a patient, you and a patient, just one patient. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like change the mindset a little bit. Totally change the mindset. Is there anything you want to myth bust about being in that like mass media space or journalism (sighs) space? (laughs) Yeah. Well, let me say this. When I first started it, it wasn't popular. And so when I started to do it. What year, what year did you start? Just curious. Like, do you remember when you kind of got into this space? I have been doing this for about 10 years solid. Okay. Yeah. So you're at least you got your, you you got this under your belt. Like, you know what you're doing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But when I first started and I just remember I was so disappointed. I had a, a chief nursing officer tell me there was like one week, like I was on, I was on the doctors, Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew talking about important health topics for whatever were on that day. And actually that was the nurses nation video, uh, nurses nation episode on Dr. Oz when Kelly was on there and we were talking, you know, about the stethoscope thing. And I, um, nurse, nur- chief nursing officers and people were calling my hospital saying, Oh my gosh, we, you know, we, we saw your nurse on television. And, you know, I would think like, Oh, this is great. I, you know, I'm, I'm reaching the masses. This is helping people. People are calling the hospital say, thank you. We saw, you know, we think this is your nurse. This is your nurse. Tell her she did a great job. And I'm like, wow. Like, I'm, and so I, the, I, I get a message from the chief nursing officer. It's like, I don't know how she found me. But so she found some, her assistant family was like, she'd like to talk to you before you leave today. And I'm thinking like, okay, it must be all this stuff. But I, I, when I stepped in the office, I had no idea, but she was like, nurses don't belong on television. Um, and that there are more senior doctors and nurses that should be doing this. And I felt a little disappointed. So it wasn't, I guess it wasn't as popular then. Like it was looked at as like, are you trying to be an actress? Do you want to be a model? I'm I like, still think it's no, kind of seen like, like that, I'm legit talking about healthcare. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, you know, I'm glad I'm glad you think that I'm pretty enough to be an actress or a model. Thank you. But that's not what I was on there for. I was really trying to educate. So, you know, it wasn't made it wasn't an easy road. And I actually had to I had to make a decision. I actually had to end up leaving that hospital to continue to pursue this. So it wasn't all pretty at first, guys. I mean, um, but now it's popular. Now now I'm in. Now I'm in style. Um <laughs> But I would say, um, if you're going to do something like this, also just be very careful because the stuff that I do outside of media also gets looked at too. So now you're under a spotlight. And so, um, you know, we like to have fun on our social media and things like that. But now everything that you do mm-hmm. represents nursing. So I was just going to ask a lot that. of responsibility. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. how much now that you are in mass media, does your social media, it is interesting. It's a totally interesting dynamic. Because there are, there's a handful of people in my head that I'm like, you have, you know, Dr. Mike, you have um, Z Dog MD, you have a couple of these people who are also in this space, mm-hmm. and you definitely does it change how you are on social media when you're um, represented there's... in mass media? Do you know what I mean? Yes. So one of the things I'll say this is most of those people you named work for themselves because big hospitals. They're like, so like I had, I had to leave the big hospital to continue what I'm doing. So I have, so, um, people, you know, people always like to find out where you work, try to find out, (laughs) but, uh, but I really had to, you know, protect myself in that way. But yeah, a lot of what I do gets looked at in a different lens now. So I have to make sure it is an extra layer of before I click post, 
am I, is this offensive? Is this appropriate? Um, you know, and especially now in today's climate, we know that people are going back like 10 years to look at tweets and mm-hmm. Facebook posts mm-hmm. to see what you said about something. So I try to be, uh, and, and I'm a mom too. So I try to be very aware and conscious, um, about what I'm posting. Um, but there are some fun moments that just don't make social media. That's just all. I just, those are, those are just for the moment. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you still got to have a little fun. You got to, you know, have your yeah. personality, of course. And you're spicy, yes. I can tell. You're so much fun. We love it. I know. We got to catch a happy hour. I know. I know. We're, totally. We should go to happy hour. We got to go somewhere fun together. Exactly. Do some Nurse Alice moment. Yeah, exactly. What do you feel like is like best part, best part, worst part of, of this for you? Like this whole realm of the world. The best part is that there's so many opportunities to educate um, educate people. I think I think people everyone's shifting to like they get their healthcare from Google, television, digital. So it's really a, a great way to kind of uh, capture an audience and teach that way. Um, and I have to say, I've had some really uh, I've already had a very colorful career with media, and there's some really awesome things that are on the plate right now that are going to be happening so I'm really really excited about that kind of stuff because it's fun and like it's a way to still be a nurse um but just do it in a different way so like I've done 23 years bedside nursing and stuff like that it gets a little wear and tear on the body you want something new different and so this is a way for me to continue to take care of people just in a different way so I love that the part I don't like there um I don't like this because I'm I'm a health expert but when you start to do stuff like this, you're you're told that you're in an entertainment industry. And I don't like I don't necessarily consider myself someone in the entertainment industry because I'm a true health professional. But and that's why it's so it was so important for me. And I'm glad that I learned the health, uh, the journalism world. But then outside of that, if you look at the entertainment world, movies, scripted, all of those other things, like there's so much that nurses can do in that world. And you just have to be very careful with how you operate in that space because it's nothing like uh, nothing like healthcare and you can damage your career and lose your license pretty quickly if you get involved with the wrong project. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a very, 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 very real part of it. Aside from the situation with the CNO and that conversation, have you had any other like negative interactions from people because of your choice to go into this space? Um, since then, no, I think that was the pinnacle of it, like building up to that, like, um, some of my, you know, it's just, it was just a weird vibe. It's almost like I was like, uh, like vanilla ice or manili vanilli. Like I was just like, I was treated kind of like that way when it came to, because everyone wanted to teach, right? Okay. So you want to do a poster? Well, I want to do, you know, a piece on CNN and educate. like, let's both. So I just feel like, there was such a disconnect. People didn't know how to harness the power and energy behind media and now social media. So, but now we see how powerful media and social media are. So, but I think that was the, that was the big thing because I was recruited to come to LA to work at this place. And I've done so much. Um, I was, you know, the clinical cardiac clinical nurse specialist for critical care. I did ICU training. I did the training for all the ICU nurses in the CVICU and the heart failure unit. Like I was doing so much and I thought this was my dream job. I literally legit thought this was my dream job. And I was put in a position where I had to walk away from what I thought was my dream job to grow further. So here I am. I've, I've already thought that I'm caterpillar turned butterfly, but really 
I was just entering into the cocoon to really become a butterfly. So that was a real weird place in my career. And, um, but you know, I'm glad I did it. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you left such and such hospital for, and you know, people are like, people everywhere want to work at this hospital. And I'm just like, yeah, right. I did. Yeah. And, and you're so making now, your own way though, you know, you're making your own I way. I am. And so, and that's the scary thing. Nurses, we're, I'd say we almost feel like, it's almost like we're, we're, uh, we are groomed to always work for someone else, be someone else, like to be an FTE in somebody's, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and report up to someone. And you don't have to do that. You can be whatever you want to be. And I was told that as a clinical nurse specialist, wherever there's a problem, a CNS can just be the solution. So I look at it as I'm going to be a clinical nurse specialist in media, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to educate, use evidence-based practice, use health literacy, use all my nursing terms and evidence and all that stuff, and just do it in a different platform. But it took courage for me to step out the box and do it. So if anyone's kind of struggling with, oh my gosh, should I do this? Should I? I'm going to say follow your passion because you so important that you, you're happy doing what you're doing. And in nursing, you can go so many different ways. And if it wouldn't have worked, I would have came back to the hospital, but it's, it's working. Yeah. So yeah, I think we even put ourselves in this box where we judge. And I'm saying we like collectively will like put it on people. Like you're not a nurse unless you work bedside. Right. And Uh we do that to each other. And it's like, I mean, Tori and I speak a lot on here and I tell my students all the time, like you're just as valid as a nurse working. If you never step foot a day in the hospital, who no one said you go to nursing school to only work bedside and the lack of respect and appreciation for all the other areas of nursing that are necessary to help us be healthy and function in society just gets overlooked. And I think hearing someone like you even just say, like you had your dream job and you walked away from it because you still saw a greater need for your nursing skill set. And I love that. Yes. Yes. Now I'm not, I was scared shitless when it happened (laughs) and I cried, but, but you know what? I think that's a part of um, leveling up. Like shit, Walking and becoming your best self is going to require uh, patience. It's going to require hard work. It's going to require dedication. It's going to require getting up and doing something even when you don't feel like it. Um, and so I had to be fearless when I when I did this. And I'm so glad that I did. So I kind of equate it to like being a new grad in an area. Like you, you, you're there, but you're, you're nervous. You don't quite know everything. But if you, you know... Work hard, and as long as you step forward, have your best foot forward, and have good intentions, and you do the work, you can legit do anything and everything that you want to do. And so, um, yeah, I did. I walked away from what I thought was my dream job. So I am curious about this. Just this is like a selfish question. Okay, so uh-huh. you're on set. Okay, you're sitting in the chair, or you got the lights on, and like you're going live. Like, what are the three things that are running through your head? as this is happening? Like, what do you focus on? Well, I'm going to laugh. First one is to, um, do you guys know RBF? I, that's oh, acronym that I, really I am the queen of RBF. I, Sam, I, Sam is like queen, queen, queen. I am RBF queen. Yeah, so I don't know if, if, so hopefully everyone who's listening knows what that is. But so the first thing I'm like is, Alice, please don't have RBF. So I try to put like this gentle smile on my face and I try to relax because when you're nervous, you can forget everything. And I'll be honest, I've had moments where I've kind of like went blank. Um, and I and I never, I, I haven't told this very often, but the the last time I did Dr. Oz, like I was so excited. I was so n- nervous about something. He le- And we were taped in front of a live studio audience. 
Now, mind you, they tape it, but then they edit it before they actually air it on television. He asked me a question and I was like, I, I had the smile, but I looked at him with a blank glaze and he kind of, and I was like, I was like frozen. And then he asked me the question again. I'm like, let's get together. And so I snapped out of it, but I'm just like, you get so nervous because for that moment, I literally forgot everything that we were going to talk about. I was like, oh my God, I forgot all my points and everything. So I try to just like relax again, like Alice, you're just talking to the, a patient and their family what are the top three things you want them to know about COVID booster vaccines? What's, you know, what do you want them to know about um, new recommendation on diabetes screening or something like that, whatever we're talking about that day. And so, and it's not like a poster presentation that you're doing in front of your colleagues. This is like the general public. So I just, when we, when we talk about creating health education material for our patients, should be at a fifth grade level. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So my points really only need to be at a fifth grade level. Right. So when I think about it that way, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Calm down. I can calm down. Uh, calm down. Calm down. Keep those nerves down. Calm down. Okay. Yeah. How do you balance all of this? Because your mom, nurse, yes. like all the education you did while you were doing I mean, you said, like, I started as a CNA too. Like, you worked your way all the way up while working. You do all the social media, the podcast, like, how how all the things <laughs> yes yes so um there isn't a, some, well there, i wish there was an extra day of the week there's not same but please I think or extra hours for that right hours um but i think part of it is i've had to find balance so prioritizing what's most important to me so um fortunately i'm in a position where i have jobs that are very flexible with the scheduling um, and then, so it allows me to do media. And fortunately, I'm now in a position where I get paid for media too. So initially when I went into this, $0, only 10% of uh, contributors on television get paid. So now I'm part of that 10%, but so I'm able to balance. So I look at it as like, I have, like I work in the, I work as a nurse and I have my media. So those are kind of like my two jobs that I have to balance. But I always, I always make sure families first families first, especially now with COVID and the pandemic, like nothing is guaranteed. Like family is so important. So I prioritize family, but, um, I, you know, I somehow when you, when you enjoy your work, it doesn't always feel like work, if that makes any sense. So I love doing the podcast. I love doing media. Um, and so somehow, some way I may always able to, uh, make it happen. And I'll say this, I sometimes I, I legit, I think some of this stuff is out of my control because I'll be like, oh my gosh, both of these things are scheduled. How am I going to make it? But somehow something changes. So it's like a divine intervention in there just making it happen for me. Has to be because um, I really legit had no idea that I would get to the position that I was in. Like, I never thought that I would get to be a medical correspondent for television because for the most part, those are physicians. Those are all physicians. I looked at, I, like, I remember early on, I was like, because part of the the broadcast and journalism is like, okay, look for other people who are in your lane doing what you want to do. Physician, 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 physician. There was like no nurses. So I really didn't have like a, another nurse to kind of help model or ask questions for. So I kind of had to trailblaze it. But um, yeah, I just, I, I don't really know how I make it happen. I, I'm just so glad that I am. I am. Yeah, you're doing great. Well, and I think what's unique yeah. about you as well is you worked for so long in the in the field and you have so much experience and then to branch out into this whole new world is 
it's amazing. And, and what I think is really cool is you did this before it was a thing. Like you were, I, I consider you an OG in this space. Like you really are. And you're also like, I mean, I think what you're doing is remarkable. It's great. And, and, you know, we talk, we've talked a lot about this, Sam and I both here on the show as well. Like, I think it's very important for us as a healthcare based profession to be in media, to be on, yes, social media mm-hmm. as well, of course, but to have the representation and to educate the public. And because that's where everyone's at. That's where everyone's at. And, right. you know, I don't know why that focus is, it is, it is taboo. And I still think we're still coming out of that taboo mindset. But I think it's such an amazing thing you're pioneering you are leading the way for future generations of it's important for us to be there I think and you are you're so well spoken you're so fun too and relatable which I think is like the piece that you know we miss so often is like I'm watching this person and I see myself and then like you're fun and you just make it you're lighthearted but you you attack the the topics that I think people need to hear in a very digestible way Mm-hmm. And I think that's what nurses do. That's I think nurses, and that's why we're the most trusted profession. And we there's we are the majority of the healthcare workforce. So I feel like we should be the ones out there sharing these messages. Now I love working with physicians. I mean they're an important part of the healthcare team also, but I don't think that they are the the only ones that should be you know sharing health information. And so um, and I think I and thanks for saying that I'm relatable. Like I'm a mom. Uh, you know, I'm fun, I'm playful and all those type of things. So I think back to like, how do, you know, when you're teaching someone what, you know, you have the, how are you going to teach them in a way that they'll retain information? Well, you have to be engaging. You have to be fun. Give them some things to remember instead of being the stiff, like putting on my white lab code and just, you know, big words, bullet points and stuff like that. Like, I don't need to sound smart. I need to keep you out of the hospital. That's right. what I need to do. Yeah. So like we talked about masks the other day and I'm like, Change your mask like you change your underwear. Like if you just say, yes. being very practical. <laughs> Amen. And, you know, I, and I think also when I'm on, I, I also don't make myself feel like I'm superwoman. Just because I'm uh, an advanced practice nurse doesn't mean that I'm immune to the same some of the same things. So like when we talked about all this vaccine hesitancy and stuff like that, I'm very candid and honest. I'm like, look, guys, I was a little hesitant at first. I, I did pass the first time the vaccine was offered, but I did the research and this and that, and I got the vaccine. So I let people know that yeah. we're human, we're consumers mm-hmm. too. So I think that's another thing that uh, people appreciate when I'm when I'm telling, the, you know, talking about health and stuff. They're like, she's not just going to tell us what we, we want, you know, certain things. She's going to tell us from a very practical point. Yeah, and I think that's relatable for a lot of families who, you know, I think that's a, a great approach. It's a really, really great approach. Mm-hmm. I love what you're doing. It's so great. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just thought of something. You're like, what was one of your most favorite interviews? And I just realized, I'm like, I interviewed Dr. Fauci. And I totally oh. forgot that I talked to Dr. Fauci. I'm like, Alice, like oh. I'm, in my head, I'm like, why didn't you mention that? I'm yeah, like, brag about that <laughs> for a second. How was it? How did this go? How did this right. happen? Yeah. Right. So I we did a, a, um, a podcast interview with Dr. Fauci. And so this is the thing. So I and I did this in conjunction with nurse.org. Shout out to them. And, you know, I, I had some friends at the CDC who because after doing this media stuff for a while, I now sometimes get direct uh, in, like stories or things from like different schools of medicine, CDC or 
Like they'll send me directly information, like, cause they're say, Alice, can you talk about this on NBC or whatever? But, and I remember a contact and I'm just like, who was, who from the CDC. And I just said, Hey, is there, is there any way I could talk to Dr. Fauci? Because he needs to talk to nurses. He yeah. has to, because listen, we are the, and we are the largest segment of the healthcare workforce. And he was like, okay, well, here's his assistance contact information. Had no idea that it was going to happen. It was a Hail Mary. And I'm like, okay. I love that. Like, okay, guys, let's go, let's reach out. And sure enough, Dr. Fauci was like, yeah, I'd love to talk to the nurses. And I'm like, oh, cool. love oh, that. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a lot of, of, of great things. Cause people were like, there was something being said about, more people want to enter the healthcare profession. And he, they were calling it the Fauci effect. And so I asked him about that. He's like, no, I don't think it's the Fauci effect. I think it's the nurses. Oh. Everyone's seeing the nurses. So yeah. he was sweet. That's awesome. He was sweet about it. Very cool. Well, that's a huge moment for you. Yeah. So congratulations yeah. on yeah, that. Yeah, it was. I know. How did I forget that? Duh. <laughs> Do you have anything exciting coming up that you can share with us? <sighs> I know you have some secrets, <sighs> but. Yeah. And, you know, that's the one thing I. I dislike about this in- industry per se. There's always something like, I don't want to seem so Hollywood, right? There's like, I'm working on something. I can't remember. <laughs> I know. But, um, Secret projects. But, uh, right. No, but I think um, there there is a project that I'm working on with two other physicians um, around emergency medicine. Um, it's a television show that we're working on. Ooh, and it should be, yeah. It's really exciting, and um, the we're we'll start taping um, actually this fall. We start taping, and so it should be airing at the top of the year. I don't think that I'm allowed to say the network or the name of it just yet, but that's what I'm working on. So I I'm gonna be very excited about that. Mm, um, definitely gonna stay in, in tuned. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, excited. That's exciting. So fun stuff. So think along the lines of like. Um, Dr. Pimple Popper, my feet are killing me type of vibes, okay. but in emergency care, critical Ooh, care type of exciting. thing. Exciting. Love that. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. But last last thing before we head out, do you have a good tip for our audience, just something that they can take away from this episode? One of the things that I uh, want to share is that um, I had a mentor tell me a long time ago, like I was, I'd reached like a glass ceiling and I was like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And like, I kept felt like I kept, um, getting meeting a glass ceiling at the particular place I was working at and then my mentor told me like you can do whatever you want to do so just sometimes the growth that uh, will happen for you won't always happen where you think it will happen so don't be afraid to step outside the box and just uh, follow your follow your um, dreams about doing that don't limit yourself by staying in that one place because I think a lot of times we have loyalty to a certain organization or certain unit a certain whatever and that can hinder our personal growth. So don't feel bad about leaving a unit, leaving a hospital, leaving a specialty if your heart is on bigger and different things. Because um, the you know the time that you're spending there, not moving forward, um, is less time that you'll have to fulfill your dreams. So you'll grow, but sometimes your growth doesn't happen where you want it to. So you got to go, go and grow elsewhere. I love that. Awesome. Go and grow. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank so you so much, much for your time for today. On. It was so cool to sure. hear about everything you're doing out there in the, in the media space. 
Well, and to like get, you. you know, some little tips and tricks. And, you know, I think it's also very admirable. I mean, I like to give credit where credit's due, girl. I mean, you worked your, your butt off. and Said trailblazer. Trailblazer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Thank think you. it's amazing. I mean, it's opening the doors for people like us to come in and start podcasts. Absolutely. And- get into this space yes. so we yeah, appreciate you sure. leading the way oh thank you I, and I think that there's so many more nurses that should should be out on their you know in, in different media platforms uh leading important health discussions and things like that so um there's definitely space I think part of it is just we as a profession haven't like we don't teach this in nursing school Mm-mm. like this Mm-mm. is the stuff that's not in nursing school so you have to kind of hopefully learn it another way and I went the long way like all this yeah, but honestly, I love the long way. I think that's great. Like, yeah. that's to me, like, that's pioneering. And, like, I'm just, I really admire everything you've done. And, you know, as Sam mm-hmm. said, like, we can't get, we're in such big support of learning from people like you because, you know, this is the way. And, like, you're an OG, you know, credit where credit's Thanks. due here. Thank you. Thank you. No, I've, I've enjoyed every moment of it. Every, every opportunity, every media hit is definitely. Uh, a fun opportunity. Sometimes I'm waking up butt crack in the morning because I'm trying to meet the East Coast people. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, West Coast problems. Like, <laughs> oh, totally West Coast problems. I had to do. I did a uh, a Fox hit, and there, it was like 7 a.m. live oh, their time. 4 a.m. So just imagine, and I had to be in a studio. So mm-hmm. even earlier, like three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta get your hair done, so. your makeup. You gotta do everything. Yeah, put it together yes, and have them. And have those speaking points and just be awake. Camera ready. So where can everyone find you? Yes. So I have a website, AskNurseAlice.com. So people can go there, get some information about me, see what I'm up to. And then I have on all social media platforms at AskNurseAlice. So send me a tweet, a DM, Facebook message, whatever you want to do. And I'd be happy to respond. And then I'm also um, working with Nurse.org on my podcast, AskNurseAlice. So you can find me on nurse.org's website as well. And then go to your favorite uh, uh, podcast streaming platform and look up the show, Ask Nurse Alice, and you can find me there too. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so Thank you much, so much. Alice, We appreciate your time. Today. This was so much fun. Awesome. All right. Thanks, ladies, for having me. I really appreciate it. Such an amazing episode. Love her. Oh, my so gosh. So much fun. So much fun. I learned a lot. I feel like it's just so interesting to hear how people have such different journeys in their life. I just think what she did was so amazing. And I love a good pioneer entrepreneur woman. Like this is just such a great idea. I feel like she's a really good representation for our profession too. So I love having her represent our field and our industry. She's so fun. We love her. So thank you so much, you guys, for being here with us today. Make sure you click those five stars for us. Do a little review. Like, we want to hear what you thought. Download, subscribe. That helps us a ton and helps us grow and bring more resources to you. And if you leave a review, please include your Instagram handle in the review, and we will be reaching out to you to send you free swag bags, stickers, pins, all the goodies. Absolutely. And make sure you guys are following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all the goodies linked there in the bio for you guys. Especially our Bali trip, which I hope to see you all there you guys we are so excited just we need this moment we need this vacation and we want to do it with you 
genuinely. It's just nice having something to look forward to, to be honest. And like every time I'm stressed, I'm like, but I'm going to Bali next year. Yeah. Life can't be that bad. I'm going to Bali next year. And it's coming up quick. It is. Oh, it's going to go so fast. Dang, it's like coming April. up so quickly. It's coming up in April. We're just, we're so pumped. Honestly, and it's really not that expensive, to be honest, for compared to a lot of other no, trips out there. Like we really tried good. to make it as cost effective for you guys as we could. We're just so excited to meet all of you. We have such a good group coming to the people who have signed up. We cannot wait for this. So jump on it while you get the chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, where can they find us, Miss Samantha? You can find me on Instagram at Hey Samantha with two A's. And at Nurse Tori. And we will catch you guys on Friday. Fun little bonus episode. Love that for us. Boop. Hey, bye. Bye.